Welcome back to Coaches on the Beach, and today we have a coach with a new view, Terry Del Conte. Terry was named the head coach at FIU this past July. After a great pro career in the AVP, she turned to coaching and has been making differences in programs that she leads ever since. Terry, it's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. Terry, let's start uh, back in the playing days, right? I think probably your first interaction with any beach person was uh, playing against one RJ Abella when he was working at Wichita State and you were at Missouri State. How's my timeline there? Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of memories during that time. But no, I love RJ. We we had a really fun rivalry going. Yeah. So you played at Missouri State, uh, but before that you went to a junior college, right? Where, where was that and what kind of led you there? Yeah, I actually went to two different JUCOs. Um, it wasn't my original plan, actually. Um, and it was one of my probably several failures of my life that kind of led to my whole story. Um, I'm grateful for it now, but it was definitely hard then because I I pretty much sabotaged myself in high school. I ended up ditching a lot of school and um, just made some really poor decisions. So I ended up losing my original scholarship and decided that I had to stay home and figure things out. Um, so I did that to pretty much get a redemption on a new opportunity to play Division One, and I knew it was going to be harder but I, I still wanted to play at the highest level possible and um, at the same time felt like it was best for me to stay home and get things figured out. And um, so that's why I took that route. Gotcha. And you found your way to Missouri State. Uh, you were a SoCal, right, kid? You grew up down in Southern California. Um, and then when you found your way to Missouri State, what was the big difference, I guess, culture shock-wise from going there? Oh, it was totally different, but I, but I liked that. And it was actually my last visit and I couldn't even explain it fully. It was just a feeling that I was like, you know what, this is going to be my, my new home for the next two years. And it's definitely a small town feel. Um, but Springfield has, Springfield has charm. Like people are really nice. Um, it had a really great community of people. Um, I really, I just really enjoyed the school too. I think um, I had really good academics and academic advisors and just the whole network of, um, of people in our corner. I enjoyed that. Yeah. I, I kind of want to go back and talk about the JUCO route a little bit because uh, our graduate assistant, she also took that uh, same route, the JUCO to, uh, a four-year school and like you hear a lot about two-year transfers out of JUCOs creating programs having really big success and that's kind of something that you had in your career you came out of the JUCO had huge success at Missouri State and it is that that time where I think a junior college is kind of underlooked sometimes because it, it is a time where you can really get a feeling for who you are correct something if if that is the case or you can you can get a better understanding of uh collegiate athletics 
um, at, at a different level and kind of build your way into it versus jumping from a high school scene where maybe your parents or your coach is taking care of everything and then you go into this college scene where you have to be more of a, a tentative person. You have to have your own schedule. You have to look after your academics. Division one, you have all these other things that are pulling you every which way. JUCO, you, you have different academic standards you have to meet. You have study hall hours. And I think that that route is kind of underlooked. And then you get some of those people that come out and flourish. And it seems like you're one of those people that kind of flourished after that JUCO. You you came out, you were ready for Division One, put up big career stats, were very successful, um, and then took it to the AVP. So can you give us some more inside look of what that route actually looks from somebody who has taken it? Yeah, I think... For me, failure, like true failure, would have been just giving up completely. Um, so I'm really grateful that I did what I could, right, given my circumstances. Um, but I took, obviously, the harder route a little bit. But yes, it wasn't as intense in some areas. In some areas, it was still. I mean, the JUCO level was still very high in California. You have some really good players in a lot of those leagues. Some of them are foreign too, that are just trying to get opportunity in the States. Um, so I think it was still really great competition. And some of those, I have some of my favorite memories in college at, at Long Beach City. I still have really strong friendships from there. One of my favorite coaches is now the Dean of Athletics there, Randy Tutorp. Um, and we still have a great relationship to this day. Uh, and I, I mean, I, I just have a lot of great relationships from there. Um, but yeah, I'm, it's just a matter of like, keep going, right? Keep going, do whatever you can in, in those moments. And um, for that, I'm definitely proud of myself. But I think that there were times where I did have some regret of, Right. Like, why did I not get it together sooner? And I wasn't really getting in trouble or anything. It was really just like, I'd rather ditch school and go to the beach and play beach volleyball than, than go to school. And, and then I would stay up and go to open gyms and then sleep in and then not want to get to school in the morning and just like dumb stuff like that, that, um, I feel like if I probably had more guidance, um, that wouldn't have been the case. Um, but again, I look back on it now and now it's just, it's just part of my story. And I think all of it has really helped me become the coach that I am today. So now I'm very grateful for it. Um, and it, it definitely um, put me through, through some hard times, but through hard times you get stronger. Yeah. I love yeah. that. One, one of the stories that Lauren tells from her JUCO days, uh, she went to a local JUCO close to her home just so she could get ready for the college experience. But uh, they she played indoor and beach for her college. And uh, they had to actually put their gym together one time. Like they built it with their hands, put the flooring down, all of that. And it was just one of those stories where it's like, wow, you, you don't hear of other schools having to do that but that that's kind of a responsibility at a juco like budgets are always tight and then watching the netflix netflix documentary about the basketball teams in california mm -hmm. the juco basketball teams that's where i really got that first eye-opening experience of 
wow, like they take that JUCO championship very, very seriously. And that's, oh, that, sure. that's that California system that you guys played in. And I, I think that was, that, that took it up another three notches for me when I, when I get those emails from those JUCO players saying, Hey, I got a two year kid looking for a place to play division one. And when, when you get those emails, are you kind of a little bit more sympathetic? Are you a little bit more gung ho to go get that JUCO kid? Or since you shared a similar experience or is it, is it just the same as any other recruit? Yeah, it's the same. I mean, I'll consider, I'll consider anyone that could be a good fit. doesn't matter you know, where you're coming from. It's about who you are today. Um, but I think it's cool. I mean, yeah. it'd be, of course, I would take a look for <laughs> sure. Yeah. And you, you grew up playing a lot of beach volleyball, right? So uh, not quite an option uh, when you went to college, but then it comes around and now there's an opportunity to coach it. Um, you were right. I think after college, you moved back home, right? You moved back to Cali. And, yes. Uh, mm -hmm. You started up uh, a personal training business, right? I worked at a, a gym maybe is, but is it, it wasn't like a 24 hour fitness, right? It was like a, a more intense gym than that. How am I doing on this so far? <laughs> Pretty good. Um, so I did end up starting at 24 hour fitness for my first okay. year and a half. And I, I got experience that way. I'm really glad I did though. Cause I was around some really high level people from there. Um, and it was, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed enjoyed it and just like having a team because you go right into having a team of people and then after about a year and a half i started my own um, facility and kept training well actually scratch that i i started training in my apartment gym first and i saved up a bunch of cash and then i invested in a facility and then i ran it full time um as well as doing mobile training I like different clubs would hire me. And so then if they couldn't come to me, cause I, you know, how clubs are all over the place in California and they're like, well, we have equipment here. And then I would go. And so I would do stuff at, at my gym. I do stuff mobile. I do stuff on the beach. Like I was running around all over the place. Yeah. And you did all this while also playing pro beach volleyball, right? So you, I'm trying, trying to, I think it was, it was, I just love playing, but I don't think I fully could make that decision of like, do I go full career, like to my career and put all my attention there? Or do I play full beach volleyball? Can I manage both? Um, and it's hard, right? Cause you don't make money playing beach volleyball. I think um, I made more money playing at like the local tournaments in California for a weekend than going to play at an ABP. Um, but it's, it's, uh, it's, part of the grind you know yeah uh, but that balance is tough it's tough yeah the cbva uh open and oceanside used to pay more than like half of the main draw uh finishes at, at the avp so it's definitely uh definitely a tough decision to make sometimes i could go play wapaka pays 20 grand if we win the whole thing i could go play avp hermosa uh and that pays five so we we're gonna have to make a, a tough, tough call here right? <laughs> Um, but obviously, yeah. it has a much more established right allure to it. Um, you also, I think, kind of got your start in coaching college or coaching beach volleyball, I should say, um, at Sansol. Is that? Is it... Yes. So this is where you and I uh, share a very similar start. My first ever, first time I ever got paid um, actual physical money to to coach beach volleyball was because of Valinda. 
down at Sansol. So when I was living there, I, I emailed every club from Dana Point to, to Malibu and just said, hey, can I come by? And and she was the only one to um, to respond to my email. And so um, tell me a little bit about what it was like working with Belinda and if you have any fun um, surfing or volleyball stories about Belinda. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, how long do you want this podcast to be? <laughs> um, I just love Linda. She's just a free spirit. She's so full of energy. Um, she's always like so positive with me. And I really like, I love that. I think we just have a great relationship and mutual respect for each other. Um, and I love the, the mission behind her club that she was really trying to bring people closer to, you know, to God and to Jesus. And I think um, that's a very powerful powerful message um and she did it in her way so it was really uh really cool being a part of that um but no i just really love being in that environment so that's why i mean we still talk to this day too it's you know how the community goes yeah there's nothing better than getting she's got probably one of the loudest whistles of anybody i know and so oh, when i hear that far. whistle across the beach i go oh valinda's here <laughs> and i'll be looking around for her um, <laughs> But no, it's it's very fun. So you kind of got that start. Right? You're in that. Obviously, you're in the culture by playing, but then you're getting that coaching bug. What kind of sparked your decision to go? Um, we'll call it go home because you did graduate from there. But what, what sparked uh, return to Missouri State? That's a great question. Uh, well, upon leaving, uh, my old head coach, um, she basically planted a seed and said, one day collegiate beach volleyball is going to be a thing. And one day we will have it here. And you're the only player that has played beach that has graduated from here. So I think you'd, we were going to call you. And I said, yeah, okay. You know, like one of those things like, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. Give me a call. Mm -hmm. And, uh, she had been following me. I think um, admin had been following me on what I just kind of like seeing what I was doing and my posts and stuff. And then sure enough, when that decision was being made, they called me and they were like, Hey, we want to consider you for this position. Uh, we weren't joking. We think that I uh, just, we just know you really well and that you're the right person for this position. Um, but you need to come out here fast and we need to know pretty much what you want to do and so I feel like I had a week to decide what I wanted to do and I had a, a business that was going I was very very busy um, and I think that was bittersweet because I was very busy but then I was very busy so I felt like I was just working non-stop like it wasn't sustainable how I was doing things because I was just waking up super early. I had some clients at five, six, seven in the morning. And then I had club at like, you know, in the evenings and then, and so it was getting to be a lot. And I was very curious of like, okay, what would be, what would this be like being a college coach? I know that college coaches can have a really big impact on lives. And so that could be really cool to just have this controlled group of people that you, you build a family with and you work through things with. And it was very intriguing because I, I didn't really know what it would be like, honestly. 
I had an idea, but, and the funny part of all this too, is I was just, I was still like early stages of dating my now husband at the time. So we were dating, um, and we weren't married and I had my business going and I had my home in California and I had this decision to make. And it's kind of one of those things that I still can't really explain, but it was like, I feel like, why not? If I don't try it, am I going to regret it? And if, if it's not for me, then I'll know. And then I can come back and I can, I know how to do this. I know how to right? Like I know how to run a personal training business. Um, the hardest part was obviously the relationship piece, but it was so great because he made it easy. He was just like, it sounds like I know how much you love this sport and how much you love people. And it just sounds like a no brainer that you should at least try it. Like it's, it is kind of crazy when you think about it, getting offered a head coaching position with no previous college experience, you know? So, and I'm, I'm well aware of that. Um, but I went for it and he proposed like shortly after and we made this long distance thing work because he was still in the Navy. Um, but it all ended up working out and now the rest is history. Now look at me. I, you know, I was like, a, well, let's see how this goes. And if, you know, if I could be a good coach and now I'm on year seven of being a head coach, it's, it's crazy. Now you're stuck. Now you're, now you're in it. And so is Mason, right? He's, he's going to be, a, he's got <laughs> in the he's coach's life. I'm sure when you looked at him in July and you said, Hey, um, honey, what are your thoughts on Miami? And he went, uh, didn't we just move here? <laughs> like when you're, yeah. When you're in, when you're not in college coaching, right? To you, three years is just moving somewhere. In college coaching, like, well, three years, all right. Well, it might be, might be time to start looking at, start looking at the next place. So, um, that's yeah. the beautiful thing about it with him, though. He was literally like, instead of that reaction, it was like, how fast can we go? Like, he was <laughs> like, he was like, he loves Florida, though. So he was like, uh, Miami, are you joking? Yeah, let's go. Like, let's go. Can we go now? <laughs> it was, it was. Um, a very um, easy decision for him. And he's like, just so supportive. I mean, you guys know him kind of, but he's very, very supportive and he makes being a coach a lot easier for sure. Half the time when I see you recruiting, I get very excited because I know Mason's going to be there. And so <laughs> for sure. that makes my day very exciting. Um, I guess this, so this leads me to two very important questions. One, did our dog, um, I guess, farm that you have now? Did that start at Missouri State or did you guys wait until Birmingham <laughs> to, to get that going? It started at Missouri State. Um, yeah, I went from having one to then being like, okay, I think we should get her a companion. And I applied for, for who is now Dottie, but I applied for her um, to rescue her. And the organization was like, yeah, good luck. She has like 30 applications. Um, so good luck. Try your best. <laughs> so I literally like applied though. I think like three, I really wanted her cause I was watching all her videos and was really excited. And so I just sent multiple applications. And then finally I just kind of like slid in their DMS and was like, Hey, I'll donate an extra $250 to your, <laughs> yeah. To your organization. If, I'm considered for her. And then I got 
no word back. So then I was really sad. And then I was like, well, you know, maybe I look for a dog in Missouri. So when we get there, we have, we have one and let's just look there. So then I looked and then I found who is now Maisie in our family. And they said the same thing. Like she has a lot of um, applicants, but if the first two don't show up for whatever reason, we'll call you. Well, couple days later, I get the call like, Hey, nobody came for Macy. Like, do you want to be her mom? And then I'm like, well, I can't be the, the next person to just give up on this, this baby. I, I applied for her. So yeah, I'm going to let's, let's, uh, let's do it. And then the same time, this literally the same day. I'm like, Hey, you're, you got, you got Dottie. Do you still want her? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So then we <laughs> drove all the way to where was it? Like I think it was Bakersfield. Picked up Dottie, and then a couple days later, we started our trek to Springfield. So we ended up getting two puppies from two different states at the same exact pretty much time period, and that's how we got then three. And that was a big handful transitioning into college coaching and trying to train two puppies potty training. So that was a lot of fun. Are you still that's where at it started. Three? No, now we're at five. Ooh. Well, we're at, we're actually at four because Rue, our oldest, passed away recently, and that was really hard. But uh, what happened was I found another one in Santa Monica recruiting, and that's um, the brother of Paul's dog. So we have siblings, which is really cool, and Paul is a, a Riza from ASU. But yeah, I just couldn't say no. We're just, and, and Mason was the one that talked me into that one. Cause I was like, we can't, we can't. And he was like, he's a boy. We have to like, when, <laughs> when you get a puppy for free and that's, and it's the breed we love, it's an Australian cattle dog. And that's like the breed we love. So I'm like, I guess I'm flying home with a puppy. That's great. <laughs> and, and um, when my when my dad passed away, we took his dog. So that's how we got five. And all of a sudden, we had a house full of dogs. So it wasn't necessarily on purpose, but I, don't know, I guess I found another calling. Yeah. No, I think the, the Santa Monica, is that Brody? Bodie? Brady. 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 I knew it was a B, B something. It ended with a Y. Um, I think that was like the most fun story, right? Because I'm... Uh, I worked with Duran a little bit when I was living out there as well, and then try to make it back to BB&E stuff every now and again. And um, we were talking about something, and she goes, you will not believe what happened at my tournament last weekend, and sends me a picture of Terry and Paul holding these puppies. She goes, yeah, they were just found at the beach, and we needed somebody to take them, and Terry and Paul <laughs> volunteered to, to, be, uh, to be new dog parents. And so I think that's such a fun you know, you have such an amazing story of, of obviously how you find players and how you coach and how you got into coaching and also your dogs fit the same same tale, right? Yeah, we don't know how we got here. Um, some things went a little wrong over there, but then we got them straightened out and now we're in this really great spot where we're, we're loved and, and at home. And so it's a really cool thing. My second leading question from that was, uh, I know you uh, tend to invest a lot. So you obviously invested in yourself and then invested in um, your business in Southern California. Now you guys invest in a lot of other things. How did that get going? Um, good question. How did that get going? Um, 
Well, when when my dad passed away, we had to sell his house, and um, my brother and I split that. And then I was like, well, what do I do with this? Like, I don't think I just wanted to sit and not do anything because we probably want to take a risk because that's how we can grow our future, right? And so then I started with, uh, okay, let's buy a, a rental property because real estate has a lot of benefits and we were reading up on all like the the benefits of owning real estate and um i was always intrigued by doing airbnb stuff so it pretty much just started again with one and it was the one that started us off and we walked into this place and i don't know how we got it because it was during one of the hottest times of the market it was such a cute place and it's right on the outskirts of downtown in Birmingham. And so that's what kicked us off. And when that one was such a success, we were like, let's do another one. <laughs> and then we like, from like the money we made off of that one, we invested in another one and invested and we just kept trickling them over. Um, and the biggest thing is we just, we have big goals that we want to accomplish. And with that, you know, you need money. So in order to make certain things happen and um, donate and do different things that we want to do, we're, we're on a mission to, to do that. So that's been a major driving force for us and what we're doing. Yeah. And then is there yeah. a thought, <laughs> is, there a, uh, is there a plan to start getting some uh, Miami dream vacation houses? So maybe Michael and I can rent one uh, out on it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe when the market's different we bought at a better time right now it's still it's still really high um but i feel like we're pretty content now with what we have going and now mason pretty much runs those you know that's his thing and then coaching is my thing and um just definitely feeling very blessed yeah um let's get back kind of into beach volleyball, right? You're, you're at your new school. So FIU, we're, we're entering what month three of, uh, having the kids on campus we're at month five or six, roughly of, um, of being fully at FIU and, and repping the Panthers. Um, how has that transition been for you going from, right? You started it at Missouri state. You kind of took over something that had been rolling a little bit at UAB. Um, and now, you know, you're taking over another program with Rita was there for the entirety of the program up until um, this year. And obviously it's it's a very different um, university blueprint, I would say, than than a lot of other schools. And so what's kind of been the shift? How's that going? It's been awesome, honestly. Um, I have been just very excited to be here. I feel a lot of gratitude around me. It just feels good. Like I, I feel like the team is very grateful and I'm very grateful for them. Um, it didn't feel like that awkward period where you're like, you know, are we going to do this dance? Like, you know, are we kind of get to know each other. Do you, do you like me? Do you not like me? You know, it was like, <laughs> like, it was like right out the gates, like, Hey guys, let's go. Like, I'm your person. Let's do this. And they were like, we're in and it was just it just like from day one i feel like we've taken off and um they believe in the vision and they're excited and they're hungry and we've got some amazing 
players and amazing people. Um, and we have a lot of great resources at FIU. And I think um, that's really exciting. I mean, you know, every institution is very different. Um, but I, I appreciate a lot of things um, that the school has to offer here. Yeah. How was the, what was the, I guess, first conversation? Because you show up, um, girls start school, I imagine, end of August. Um, and, and you show up and you're not the only new face. I mean, there's um, a number of freshmen and transfers that entered the program as well. And so now you're trying to mix, okay, here are the people that were here. Um, here are a bunch of new people that I didn't recruit. Maybe I did at UAB or something like that. But, you know, you're new. You're showing up to Miami without really having a reference point. Oh, and by the way, I'm new. Um, <laughs> luckily, we kept, you kept Bonnie around, right? So, so Bonnie yeah. said, I'm actually the only person here that knows how the business office runs. Um, good luck. Let me, if you need anything, give me a call. Right. Tell us a little bit about that transition and how you've gone about, hey, old, new, me, mixing everybody together. Yeah, it it was actually pretty simple. It was, um, look, we all have a past. We all have things that have happened up until this point, and let's appreciate them. Let's be grateful for them, whether they were good, bad, hard, great, right? Um, know that it's what led you here. So we're all in the same boat, and let's just let's just build this thing together. And I'm going to do my best that, that I that I can possibly do for you. And um, I bet I'll be different than other leaders because we're all so different. But but I'm here and let's go. And they I mean, it just it's really flowed that um, simply and that easily. And that's why I'm, I am really grateful because you don't know what to expect. Right. But that's how it pretty much went. That's awesome. Yeah, and with with the new city comes new excitement, right? Uh, Miami is much different than Birmingham. I would I would suspect. I've never been to Miami yet, so. Um, but with with Miami, what what kind of hot spots are around the campus? What what things are there to do? You just had a birthday. What did that look like? <laughs> that looked like coaching in Tavares <laughs> Championship. <laughs> Coach life hashtag. You know. Yeah. Um, Miami is. Yeah, it's definitely different. It's over twice the size. It's, it's bigger. Um, it's very energetic and cultural. I love, I just love the beaches. I mean, that's my favorite. I'll go to all the beaches here, uh, South Beach, North Beach, Fort Lauderdale, Biscayne Bay, and they're all different and they're all beautiful. Uh, the weather's hot in the summer and it's just warm. Like it's like perfect right now. So for me, it's just about being in nature, but there are some really good eateries too. Like there's just so much, like so many different things that you can go to. Um, one of my, I, I'll say family, um, she bought me a gift card to like a really nice like Korean restaurant and we didn't, like there wasn't one in Birmingham. There might've been one and it was like outrageously priced. So I never went, um, but here there's just a lot of um, diversity and um, a lot to do just in general. Are you becoming yeah. a Dolphins fan at all? They seem to be pre doing pretty well. Not yet, but I need to go to a game because it's just fun to, I love football, but I haven't, 
I feel like I've been so out of the loop. Like you get into like the beach volleyball grind and then you're like, what's going on in the outside world? Like three years past and you're like, oh yeah, who's my team again? <laughs> um, but I, I definitely want to. Yeah, yeah. I always ask that question of, uh, hey, that, that Michael Jordan guy is still playing, right? He's still doing that. <laughs> Yeah. This whole career's really taken off. Oh, he's gone back to basketball. Oh, he's retired. Oh, okay, great. Um, perfect. Uh, yeah, yeah. I want to go to my Miami Heat game though for sure. Yeah. That's next on my bucket list. That air, the uh, the arena is really cool. It's in kind of a weird part of town, but it's like a it's a sweet spot and it's a great tons of parking, easy to get out of. These are the weird things that I think about when I'm judging venues, um, based on how cool. Valid. Yeah. Uh, well, so now I got to ask, right, Cuban food or Mexican food as a SoCal and now a SoFlo? <sighs> Cuban food or Mexican food? Man, that's tough. Don't do that to me. Uh, I feel yeah. like it's, I'm, I'm a woman, so I'm going to say it depends on my mood. Okay. All right. <laughs> and, uh, and as a man, I will not uh, even try to dig into that at all. <laughs> in the outer edge and say, all right, it sounds good. <laughs> but I like them both. You like them both. And then uh, Atlantic or Pacific Ocean? Ooh, I mean, I I like the warmer water. You like the warmer so, water? Oh, okay. I would have thought the surf like, nailed you down. As, as I'm as not as a big surfer, though. Really? Maybe one day I will be, but I just I I used to love the cold water growing up because it would be rewarding after playing and being all gross and sweaty, and you're like, like after the initial plunge, it's really like an ice bath. So it was yeah. like a reward. And now I just, I guess I've gotten a little bit more of a, become a more of a wuss. Because <laughs> now I'm like, I get my toes in. I'm like, this was a bad idea. And then I turn around with the, with the wind too, like blowing on you, right? Like you cool yeah. down so much by the time you get to the water, I'm like, eh, I'm good. I don't need to go in. I'll just, you know, just kind of dust off as needed. And, but, but here I'm like, oh, I'm going in the water. It's, it's way more comfortable. Yeah. No, I, I'm still, I'm still a cold water guy. Like the Pacific will still do it for me. Um, I will admit it's when you have to walk two miles to get from the beach court to the ocean, um, that does definitely cool you off a lot quicker. And so I, I have to go in the ocean when it's, um, when it's still day. Like if, when the sun goes down, Oh yeah, I'm out. It's too cold. No, I'm not about any nighttime swims, but, um, so you just hired a new assistant as well. Right. And somebody that's, been around beach volleyball, but uh, maybe not in the same coaching capacity. How did we come to, to meet Kelly and get her on board the staff? And how's that been going? I freaking love Kelly. She's awesome. And we played against each other some, and it was kind of like she was kind of on the way out of her career, and I was still like kind of up and coming. Um, so we had played against each other, and then when I got the position, I was starting to gradually move out here. I stayed at Bonnie's condo in South beach for like the first month. Cause I was like, what the heck am I going to do? I have a four bedroom house in Birmingham and I have to move all that stuff. So I need a place to stay in the meantime and like kind of fly back and forth. So Kelly runs um, training groups or she did more, um, in South Beach and North Beach, and I was like, "Well, I would love to get some touches too. I wanna, I wanna get in the scene and meet people and play." And so I would go to her trainings, and she would she would run them, and she just would run them for free happily. 
And that's how I, I got to know her more. And I kept, I went for a couple weeks. We went to lunch and um, she just told me why she would love to be a part of the program. And at that point, after spending more and more time with her, I was like, I think this is just such a great fit. Like we get along really well. We have a really great friendship, but we also have a really great professional relationship. And I think sometimes that can be hard, um, but she's so mature and so experienced um, just in terms of like coaching and playing, even though she, her coaching was more basketball, um, she still like has great insight and has great vision of the game of beach volleyball. And it's just great with people. Like everybody loves Kelly. So um, it was really an easy, easy pick. And it's funny because both of my assistants are older than me. So I get a lot of wisdom from them too, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I remember watching Kelly play when she was at, she played at UConn. So yeah. Yeah, and so I, I vaguely recalled. So when when the post came out, right, that uh, Kelly, and it said her maiden name, I think, was Schumacher. Is that, mm -hmm. And so I read, when I read that, I was like, why does this name sound so familiar? Like, is she on the AVP? Why do I? And so then I looked at it, and I'm like, that's right. She played at UConn and then maybe maybe for Vegas when the WNBA, when Vegas kind of first started in the WNBA. So um, super fun and and probably a really unique background, right? A sport that has received a ton of, um, I guess, financial support to kind of get that league off the ground and seeing how that can benefit the sport from a, a youth all the way up to a professional level um, and maybe something that, that beach volleyball could, could use a little bit of, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What What about your coaching journey? I, 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 we've known each other in passing for a couple years now. We played against each other a couple times. But what would you say has been kind of your biggest success to this point? Um, obviously, there's more to come. But to this point, what would you say has kind of fulfilled that coaching uh, role in your mind the best? Gosh, I, I know I was thinking about this and – I don't know if I could pick one that's like the best. Um, hey, we got time. Because you, <laughs> you think of always like the most recent, right? Like the most recent things that happen. But I feel like every year has been a success. Just some years have been prettier than others, right? And like, I feel like you start off in your first two years and you're excited and you're ambitious and you're right. Like you're like, Oh, like I'm going to do all these things. And then you get slapped down a couple of times with some things that just happen. It's just, it's, it's part of, of coaching and you learn how to deal with these things. And so I feel like I'm just more experienced at this point at handling certain situations. So I would say I'm really proud of, last year um what we did at uab and i'm honestly just the most proud of our culture because i i really feel like our culture grew and grew and grew and then it was just like like i love those girls and that that did make my decision really hard and i still love those girls like they're you know i i'll be there for them forever um, but we built something really strong and um, special and everybody knew that we were all looking out for each other and um, everybody spent time together. You know, these girls would come over to my house. Like it was, um, it was really great. And 
knew all the parents and we, we built such a tight network. And I think the, the biggest success as a coach is when you get to experience the players start to really like seeing themselves, how you see them, right? Like when it's like those aha moments where they're like, oh my gosh, like, why haven't I believed in myself this much? Like I get it now. Right. And a lot of times girls can do that on their own timelines. And I feel like a lot of the players at UAB last year kind of did it all around the same time. And that was like the cool experience was, was them recognizing like, yeah, like I believe in myself now. Right. Or like, we believe in this and let's just go for it. You know, let's just do this. And I think that's something really beautiful to experience as a coach um, because that's what we all want, right? I mean, we just, we're all just different people and we might take different routes, but I do believe that every coach wants the best for their players, you know, wants to see them believe in themselves. And usually we're the ones that believe in them way more than they believe in them. And that's why it's so hard. Cause you're like, like, why don't they see it? You know, like, <laughs> why can't they see it? Yeah. <laughs> and then, so that's like the, the hardest part of coaching is like, how do I get them to see it? And how do I get them to see it as fast as possible so they can experience like the beauty of being them and feeling what success feels like? Because it's such a great feeling when you when you experience that. And everybody's definition of success can be a little bit different. But I, I, I saw that and it's it was just really beautiful. And I think that's why we finished the season um, at our peak. Like we kept getting better and better and better. And that's all you can really ask for as, as a coach and seeing how like they're developing as women, right? Like the same girl that sat across from me year one was not the same. She became a woman. She was not the same person. Um, and that was really cool. And even how the conversations change just Seeing that whole evolution um, is really special. Yeah. yeah, I get I get a smile on my face when you start like explaining that because it, it is such a process. You got to build that culture first of the the family unit of like not just saying it but actually believing it's a family unit of hey like we're comfortable being ourselves. And then you start to get that that talk from the student athlete of like oh yeah I believe in myself I believe in myself but. It, it almost feels like that that breath of they're they're holding in a little bit of that oxygen in their lungs and not truly believing it. And then all of a sudden mm -hmm. they let that little spurt of last bit of oxygen out and the relief just comes over them. And it we I call it old lady uh volleyball because it, it's almost like you're seeing it in a slower pace. You're you're you've experienced the game a little bit more. Like everything's happening now in in a way that you just feel extremely confident, but like, I love hearing you explain it because that gives me a whole new uh, vocabulary to use now when I'm trying to talk to our girls about what that, that actual success feels like of actually believing in yourself. Because like you said that as a coach, like that's one of the things that I really hope we might not ever win a game here at ULM again. I don't know. We'll play, but who knows if we win. Um, but if we can leave here feeling more of ourselves, understanding who we are as a person, understanding what comes next for us in our chapter and how believing in yourself can change the whole trajectory of what that story looks like, 
that that is a huge part of coaching and i'm 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 really feeling the vibes of you saying like that that was one of the biggest successes because i i love that point of view because i share it very very deeply terry i think um with your background right it probably had something to do with some people believing in you and maybe um i don't know how the mentorship programs but do you remember any times from when you were um, younger maybe as a player right when somebody looked at you and did that whole grabbed you by the shoulders and said you're amazing please for the love of god start doing things that coordinate with that belief um and and maybe i don't know if it was family or if it was a coach or, or how that looked yeah i mean i wish it was more like that honestly i think i had both i think i had some coaches that did believe in me and that did want the best and would push me and would have those hard conversations and would challenge me. And then I also had some that I think, and I'm saying this um, because I don't think they knew any better. And I, I, I still believe that they were trying their best, but that I, I didn't feel believed in. And um, a lot of like, it was always like, negative things that were pointed out, right? Or like pinning players against each other on the same team or like doing that kind of stuff. And I, so I got to experience both sides. Um, and I, I mean, I bet if I experienced all of, you know, the other side of, it's kind of like, well, who knows what could have happened, but that's not my journey. My journey is both sides. And um, I do believe, though, it, it served the greater purpose of, of like, my coaching philosophy now because I got to experience both sides. Um, but there were – it was definitely really hard, um, honestly, sometimes because – and I'm an undersized player, so it's not like, you know, I'm like this six-foot player that every school wants and every coach is like, please – please come, right? It was something I had to really work for. Um, I mean, I've always been naturally very athletic, so that I knew, but it's still not always easy to find people that believe in somebody that's, you know, like 5'4", pushing 5'5". Five five. <laughs> Your roster photo um, says 5'5", five five, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so give it to me. So, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. If you round up, because I'm like five, four and a half. So Perfect. you do the, you the decimal rule. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yeah, that was um, that was part of my part of my journey. Um, and it it was hard, but it again, it it did um, it did build my character. And so there's again, there's always great takeaways from those kind of experiences, but it definitely wasn't all butterflies and rainbows. <laughs> We've gotten to hear a lot about how you got here, um, but this is kind of the last couple of minutes has really sparked, I guess, an intrigue in, in why do you still do it? Um, why do you still coach? What what wakes you up at 4.30 in the morning and <laughs> you think to yourself, all right, I'm going to go coach these 18 to 22 year olds again, and I'm going to give them my whole heart and I'm going to see the good in them because um, I can bet it's not for the money. Uh, I can bet it's probably <laughs> not for the glory. Right. So what, what's driving you? Why are, why does Terry Del Conte get up and coach every, every day? I, I do it because 
I mean, I want to be that person that I always wanted and felt I needed um, during that time. And I want to be that person that believes in the very best of them, um, even though they might not currently. And I want them to leave, leave college feeling like, you know, I feel confident I can do anything now and that I can can contribute to the world. I can be a rock star at whatever career I want to do because I did that, right? Like I went through that program with that family, with that coaching staff, and they pushed me into becoming somebody I didn't even know I could be. And now the rest of my life is my creation instead of coming out of college and feeling like, who am I and feeling right? Like feeling like insecure and lost. And I've seen that I've seen that from a lot of college athletes. And I honestly feel like I was one of them. Um, and it, 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 it's like, why suffer when you know that these, like you get one life, like, why not? Let's make, let's make the most of it. Right. So to me, it's just really exciting to build up, um, female athletes and really do my best to get them to embrace their leadership and like who they are. Um, that's what really excites me. Um, and that's what excited me still when I was doing personal training, like it's all the same stuff. Like I was coaching and it was all helping people get out of their own way to be the person they wanted to be accomplish the things that they wanted to accomplish. And it's like, why not? Like, well, why not? Let's, we can all win. Why not? That should be the title of this episode, Michael. I know we normally <laughs> name it after, uh, after the person we're interviewing, but I think why not probably speaks to exactly. And that's that was the same thought. Maybe not the exact same thought, but pretty darn close when I decided to to make the same jump to, to college coaching. Um, it was, you know, hey, you got this paid opportunity or, hey, you, got, you can go volunteer coach at a school you didn't even know existed until – uh, you know, six months ago. Uh, and the question was, why not? Uh, or, Hey, uh, you should go down to the beach and, and see if you can work with some professional beach players because what, you know, they might have some information. Well, they might say no. Well, why not? Um, so I can resonate with why not pretty well. <laughs> Matching tattoos, Terry. Matching. Yeah, why sure. Why not? Why not? Why not? Michael, you're in. Uh, I'm deathly afraid of needles. I will pass out in the chair. That's fine. We'll put you under. We'll put you under. You just got to be still. That's perfect. If you pass out, there's no moving. There's no rumbling. Um, well, Terry, that was awesome. I, I love hearing why people coach. And I think you have such a unique background. And if I think, I think I got to see you maybe the first year of the Missouri State program. So maybe first year coaching, I think you guys came out to South Carolina. Um, mm -hmm. And there was something, something happened, right, where we didn't get to play the sixes. Uh, but I got to referee that match, uh, if I if I remember correctly. So maybe, maybe that, that had to be 18 or 19. It's either the first or second year. I remember it distinctly because I, I was the ref. So I was blowing the whistle and I was keeping the scorecard. Um, it was a sixes match, but it was, it was very entertaining. And, and you did not, I didn't have to pull out my card and give you a yellow for anything. <laughs> I tried. I appreciate that greatly. But um, we do ask one question to to kind of everybody 
um, that comes on the pod and, and would love to hear your perspective as somebody that's been around it and seen it grow in many different facets. Um, but what do you want to see NCAA beach volleyball look like next? Well, first, I would love to see more programs start because I think that's the direction we should be going, right? Uh, I would love to see more schools start programs and I would like to see it just be more organized. Um, and I say that, like, I love everything that we're doing. I know that we have a lot of people in, in this movement, um, but I say that because I just feel like what I hear a lot is like, well, beach volleyball is still so new. And to me, I'm like, we're not that new anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is like, if, and I feel like the more that we, everybody sees it as established, the more we can keep building on it and making it feel even more legit. Like, why not? <laughs> why not? Right. Indoor. Why not? And I mean, I, I just feel like um, still indoor has been around so much longer that there's still more like prestige and, and how they do things. And I, I would just really love for us just to get our stuff together and, <laughs> and making this feel more serious and organized. Sounds good. I'll send you my 2025 scheduling email um, when we get off the call. That way we can we can start to get that locked in. Um, yeah. Do I agree. I would love to see the conferences uh, also help us out with that. Like, I think a conference schedule is so important. Um, and yes. I know that there's change in addition, but uh, there's no reason that we can't Nobody adds a program and then expects to compete three months later, right? We, we have at least a seven or eight month buffer um, to figure things out. So why not make a, a good effort to, to be on top of those things? But um, I'm excited. Let's get organized, Terry. Let's you lead the charge. You show me what it looks like uh, and, I'll, and we'll follow suit here. Yeah, I'm all for trying to find solutions. Uh, but one thing at a time, gotta still, yeah. I'm still... Uh... <laughs> doing a lot in the coaching grind, but I definitely yeah. want to see things continue to grow for the whole sport and wherever I can contribute, I absolutely will. And I do brainstorm on solutions and then it's like, it just, how do I, how, then how, then how, and then this, right, this whole rip, ripple effect. Um, and everybody's really got to be on board. And yeah. I know budgets are always like a major obstacle course. <laughs> Who's not asking about a budget? Am I right or am I right? Uh, no, Michael and I were just talking actually before we hopped on was, you know, we'd love next year for the fall to continue to get a little more uh, locked in. That way we have, you know, like as it stands right now in the springtime, okay, we know somebody's going to host, you know, I know that UNF is going to host second weekend every year, right? I can almost, I can almost put that down like clockwork. It'd be great if we can get to that point with the fall as well. Um, just because budgets are so tight. If I plan, you know, a year ahead, it's a lot easier to budget than if I'm planning three months ahead and mm -hmm. not be able to anticipate things. So, um, and that's just from a scheduling perspective, right? That's not even from a, a lineups perspective or a, or a gear or a, the fact that we're changing volleyballs next year or whatever. Don't remind me of that, Colin. You're going to make me think about that before bed. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, listen, if my box of 20 new Wilson optics balls hadn't just showed up today from shipping and receiving, I probably wouldn't have thought about it too, but I go, oh, great. Glad we ordered these. It's going to be really useful. There's 
um, so not that I'm still like, something. Yeah, I'm working the blue ones, blue and white ones out of the out of the bins right now. I can't believe I'm gonna have to start working the the Wilson Optics out of the bin too. But um, well, Terry, thank you so much. It's been so much fun to to have you on and get to chat. And I know you've got an early morning tomorrow, so we really appreciate you coming on the podcast and and telling us about your journey and why you coach and where FIU is going next. Of course, yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Really grateful. Yep. We'll we'll talk to you guys later.